Dear friends, I have a big favor to ask you today. Counter Melody is gradually gaining in listenership, but I would like to ask each of you to do me a huge favor and pass on the word about the podcast to at least one or two of your friends who might enjoy the explorations of singers and singing that I do on this podcast. I'm doing my very best to increase my listenership as well, but it also falls to you, my devoted listeners. So please pass on the word other things that you can do. You can rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and if you wanted to, you could even support me on Patreon. I am thrilled to welcome my dear friend John as my newest supporter, who gave a very generous donation. I'm so grateful to him, and I'm so grateful to the growing number of supporters that I already have. To support me on Patreon, please go to patreon.com countermelody, and you can pledge your support either monthly or yearly. There will be a bonus episode dropping in the very near future. I took a couple weeks off because I had a lot to do with rolling out the new season. But I promise you that in the next two weeks, there will once again be a bonus episode. At this point, I am still offering all bonus content to all subscribers. As I bump up my bonus offerings, I may change that to a tiered situation. I have always felt that if you can afford to give me $2 a month or $25 a year, then you should have access to the bonus material that I'm posting. What that means is that I need more supporters on Patreon. So if you enjoy the podcast and if you have two bucks a month to spare, please consider doing that as well. All right, enough of that. Claudia has been waiting patiently in the wings to introduce this week's episode. Thanks again, and lots of love to all of you. Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. As always, I am your host. Daniel Gundlach. No preaching here, no lecturing, well, maybe just a tiny bit of each, but the primary spotlight will always be on the singers that enrich and enhance our lives, no matter what is going on in the world around us. Thanks for joining me. now, this week's episode. Hi everyone, and welcome to Counter Melody. I'm so pleased that so many of you listened to and enjoyed my Verdi auf Deutsch episode. I will produce something along the same lines later this season. Meanwhile, it was another sad week for lovers of music. Just the other day, the great Dutch conductor Bernard Heitink died at the age of 92, and on Monday, music lovers were saddened and shocked to read of the sudden death of the great Slovak soprano Edita Gruberova. She was adored 
by many enthusiastic fans. I first became acquainted with her singing via her first recording of Zebinetta in Ariadne of Naxos. Her subsequent embrace of the bel canto repertoire did not really ring my bell, but a lot of people thought that she was simply ideal in this repertoire. And because these things are a matter of taste, I'm not going to argue that point. I do have something special for you today. This is a live performance of her Zerbinetta from the Wiener Staatsoper in the fall of 1976. It was this series of performances that turned her into a superstar in the operatic firmament. Oh! <laughs> 
Gruberva's fellow castmate, Barry McDaniel, who sang Harlequin to her Debinetta, is the subject of today's episode. Let's just listen to the portion of the opera that directly follows that showstopper aria, and you get to hear these two artists interact. While Edita Gruberva was an indisputable star in the operatic firmament, Barry McDaniel was a singer who pursued a career on the opera and concert stages for nearly 50 years, the majority of which was spent as a member of the company of the Deutsche Oper here in Berlin. While he may never have achieved the stardom that Gruberva did, he was an artist and a singer of the most exacting high standards, possessed of a glorious and distinctive voice, perhaps not of enormous size, but of endless colors and dynamic variations, a technique that saw him through a career of many, many years. Along with that voice and technique, there was also an extraordinary musical intelligence and musical sensibility that enabled him to make his mark in many different subgenres of classical music, opera, art song, contemporary music, oratorio, and operetta. He did not have a huge recording career, but his legacy is extensive enough, particularly because of a number of radio recordings of art song that he made that have recently begun to see the light of day. There are a handful of dedicated YouTube users who have posted a plethora of material by this artist. I will be drawing today on samples from that cache of recordings. I will also be using a number of relatively rare recordings that I have in my own collection. And I also am very lucky to have been able to draw on the reminiscences of his dear colleague and friend of many decades, the countertenor David Knudsen, who spoke to me off the record at the beginning of this past week to give me a sense of who Barry McDaniel was as an artist 
and human being. The phrase that he kept on using over and over in our conversation was 110%, that this was a man who dedicated himself to his art and his hobbies with an intensity that I can only imagine not having known him personally. So I was talking about the technique. Let's start with that. And just as Edita Gruberva is not one of my favorite singers, but I can still appreciate many aspects of her artistry. So this next piece with Barry McDaniel that we are going to hear is definitely not one of my favorite pieces of music. Yes, it's Carmina Burana, but this is a special version. This was recorded in 1971 with the conductor Ferdinand Leitner, who had worked extensively with Karl Orff over the years. Karl Orff supervised this and a number of other recordings, and this recording of Carmina Borana represents his authorized version of how he wanted this piece to sound. And who do we have as the baritone but Barry McDaniel? Here is his version of the song from the third part, Dies Nox et Omnia. Day and night, everything is against me. The chattering of maidens makes me weep and often sigh, and most of all, it frightens me. Your beautiful face makes me weep a thousand times. Your heart is of ice. As a cure, I would be revived by a kiss. My dear friend David, whom in the past I have referred to as my not-boyfriend, a term which he dislikes. Anyway, David has advised me that I must be very specific about what it is that I like, no, love, about Barry McDaniel, because he is going to be not familiar to very many of you. To me, he is perhaps the ideal lyric baritone, and as I mentioned, over many different styles and genres in classical music and even beyond. I had mentioned, I think, that he was a superb singer of oratorio and particularly of the music of Johann Sebastian Bach, 
As an example of that, I want to offer you a 1963 recording of an excerpt from one of the soprano bass duet cantatas that Bach wrote. This is BWV 32, Liebster Jesu, Mein Verlangen, and it is the one duet in the piece. Nun verschwinden alle Plage. Now all cares disappear. It is performed here by Agnes Giebel alongside Barry McDaniel. The oboist Pierre Perlot is featured in the obligato part, and Fritz Werner, who did a vast series of Bach cantata and oratorio recordings and performances in the 50s and 60s, conducts the Südwestdeutsches Kammerorchester Pforzheim. Because of his extraordinary musical acuity, Barry McDaniel was also a sought-after interpreter of contemporary music, especially in the 60s and 70s. 
David Knudsen mentioned to me that he and the pianist composer Aribert Reimann were very close musical and personal friends. And indeed, we're going to hear Reimann in a number of recordings, both as composer and pianist today. The first one that we're going to hear is a song from a cycle that he wrote expressly for Barry McDaniel called Nachtstück, Nocturne, which uses as its basis five poems by Josef von Eichendorf. This is a less frequently set text by Eichendorf, vor dem Schloss in den Bäumen es rauschend weht, in front of the castles, the wind blows through the trees, a minstrel wanders underneath the windows, his mind is enticed with mad sounds, but I myself am that minstrel, you beautiful child gazing out the window, don't look upon me, my breast is torn by lust and repentance, I gather flowers to make a bouquet, but it will not turn into a happy wreath. Will my scream never turn into a song? Heart, oh heart, you make such a mad sound when the storm disperses it into the air. Farewell, and don't ask where it's going. Vor dem Schloss in den Bäumen es rauschend weht. Unter den Fenstern ein Spielmann geht, mit ihren Tönen verlockend den Sinn. Der Spielmann aber ich selber bin. Vorüber jag ich an manchem Schloss, die Lachen zerrüttet, er bildet das Ross. Du frommes Kindlein im stillen Haus, Schaut nicht nach mir zum Fenster hinaus. Von Lüsten und Reihe zerrissen die Brust, die Hasen mit verzweifelten Lust, breche die Blume mir ohne zum Schraus. Ich doch kein fröhlicher Kranz nicht heraus, wird aus dem Schrei doch nimmer I just went down a little bit of a rabbit hole because I had just been talking about Arabert Reimann and I had also made reference a few minutes ago to David Knudsen, the extraordinary tenor slash countertenor who, among other things, created the role of Edgar in Reimann's operatic masterpiece Lear. It's been about a dozen years since David retired from his performing career, but in case you have not yet experienced his extraordinary artistry, I want to play you just a very short excerpt from Lear, 
This is the scene in which Edgar is impersonating the mad Tom on the heath a few minutes before encountering Lear in that same barren space. What's extraordinary to my ear is how his low range is just as strong as his reinforced falsetto range, and we hear both of those timbres being used here. Years ago, I tried to learn this particular excerpt, and I can tell you, it ain't easy, and all future countertenors have David Knudsen to thank for having inspired Arabert Reimann to write such incredibly difficult music. He gives here what I hereby dub the definitive performance of this music. This is a live recording from the world premiere performances in Munich in 1978, and Gerd Albrecht leads the orchestra of the Bayerische Staatsoper.
David Knudsen and Barry McDaniel met when they were both cast the production in Schwetzingen of Aribert Reimann's first opera, Melusine. From then on until Barry McDaniel's death in 2008, the two remained close colleagues and friends, and I'm very grateful to David for having spoken to me frankly about the man that Barry McDaniel was. I'm choosing to keep most of his observations confidential, as David did not want to be recorded. But I'm ever so grateful for having been given an insight into the human being behind the artist. I read a really interesting uh, extended interview with Barry McDaniel, and he spoke about his ability to learn music easily. And he also mentioned something that I found pretty fascinating. He said that he knew of a very well-known soprano who did a whole lot of contemporary music. And she had perfect pitch, which he said he did not have. But there would be occasions when she was vocally tired, so she would simply transpose the entire vocal line down a step or two, and nobody ever knew the difference. And he said that he would do something like this himself on occasion. And again, that not even the composers could tell that he had changed anything. But even more impressive than any of these musical sleights of hand, I think, is Barry McDaniel's prowess as a leader singer. I'm going to offer a number of exhibits, but just to cover this other aspect of his extraordinary artistry, I'm going to offer a single example for now. And that is his 1965 recording for the BBC with the pianist Ernest Lush of that perennial Schubert favorite, Der Wanderer an den Mond, The Wanderer Addresses the Moon. I've played this probably twice now on the podcast. Not this very performance, but this song, which is one that speaks so profoundly to me. The Wanderer says to the moon, I'm wandering on the earth and you wander through the heavens. What's the difference between the two of us? I go from country to country and no matter where I go, I find no home. But you, on the other hand, wander from your cradle in the east to your grave in the west, and no matter where you go, you feel at home. I want to point out something very specific about the way he sings this song. First of all, his legato is peerless, and this is something that is very rare among leader singers who feel like, well, if you're going to convey the text clearly, you have to chop it up. Now, some of my very favorite leader singers do this, but Barry McDaniel has a different approach. He puts his words on the legato line, just like Heinrich Schreikemper did in that episode that I featured on him a few months ago. But I find that Barry McDaniel has even more profound things to say about the songs that he sings. In this case, the way that he illustrates with his tonal color and articulation, the loneliness, the homelessness that the wanderer feels. And then when the music moves into the major mode, as he observes the moon and its ability to find a home no matter where it is, we feel 
that the wanderer actually finds healing through nature by observing the moon, that it manages to make its perpetual wandering into a thing of stability. Daniel spoke many times about how privileged he felt that the German public allowed him, a foreigner, a platform, an opportunity to sing these great leader. If you ask me, his performances of this music surpass that of both of his more famous German near contemporaries. Even the one who's singing, I actually like. <laughs> For the rest, I plead the fifth. This past Monday would have been Barry McDaniel's 91st birthday. But let's just do a quick biography of this exceptional artist. He was born in Kansas to a fairly well-to-do family. That is what David Knudsen told me. 
the family ran a hardware store. His family were music lovers, and his father was an occasional performer in local vaudeville. And his mother encouraged his interest in music from a very young age. As a child, he performed locally as a boy soprano. Eventually, he went to the University of Kansas to study. At first, he was pre-med, but then he switched to voice. He had heard the distinguished American baritone Mac Harrell sing in Kansas City, and it became a goal of his to study with Mac Harrell, which he eventually did first at Aspen and then later on at the Juilliard School. Mac Harrell was a truly exceptional artist who died quite young, but we do have some documents of his singing, and I'm going to play you a song by Hugo Wolf today from the Italienisches Liederbuch. This is a 1953 recording of Mac Harrell and his pianist Brooks Smith performing the song Und willst du deinen Liebsten sterben sehen? If you would like to see your lover die, then don't wear your hair bound up. Let it cascade free from your shoulders. There it looks like golden threads blown by the wind. The hair is beautiful, and beautiful is she who combs it. After graduating from Juilliard, Barry McDaniel applied for a Fulbright scholarship. Mac Harrell insisted that he go to Germany. 
because he already knew that both Leet and Oratorio were going to be central to his career as a singer. Berry went to Stuttgart, where he studied with the pianist and composer Hermann Reuter, one of whose compositions we will hear later. The two worked together extensively. He auditioned for the house in Mainz and was offered a beginner's contract there. While he was there, he was drafted into the U.S. Army and had to go back to the U.S. for his training. Coincidentally, once that was over, he was sent back to Germany at a U.S. base near Stuttgart. At the end of his military service, he was given a contract with the Stuttgart Opera. From there, he got a fest position in Karlsruhe. While he was at Karlsruhe, he was invited to audition for the Deutsche Oper in Berlin and was awarded a contract there as the house lyric baritone. From 1962 through 1999, when he retired, Barry McDaniel remained a member of the Ensemble of the Deutsche Oper Berlin. By his own count, he sang more than 1,800 performances there, including 54 premieres. One of the very first roles that he did there was the first prisoner in a Fidelio that starred Christa Ludwig and Walter Berry and James King. He sang the very short role of the first prisoner, and yet his intense performance, which one can see on video, was remarked upon. Here are his very few lines, beginning with the words, Wir wollen mit Vertrauen. Since we're on the topic of opera, I'm going to play you a few operatic excerpts of Barry McDaniel. You will hear just how superb his technique was. It was a relatively modest-sized voice, but what was so exceptional about it was that it was immediately identifiable. David Knudsen informed me, and I had no idea of this, that Barry had no uvula. It had been removed when he had his tonsils out as a kid. I don't know if that created extra space for that beautiful rich sound or not. I have no idea. I'm not an acoustician. I'm just a lover of great singing. And as a lover of great singing, I'm going to present to you a 1966 recording that Barry McDaniel made in Berlin of a portion of Largo al Factotum, or Bin das Faktotum der schönen Welt. Because he does it in German. Seems like we have heard practically every possible spin on the role of Figaro. From John Raitt to Nikolai Herle. Here is Barry McDaniel. And let's be honest. He sings the shit out of it. Und Abenteuer Gibt es die Fülle 
Daniel had to deal with was a stutter, which he said first occurred after he began singing in public as a boy soprano. David Knudsen told me that he would drill and drill and drill his texts, especially if there was spoken dialogue, to make sure that he would not trip over it. And in fact, this was an issue that persisted throughout his life if he would become tired or unfocused, that it might rear its head again. But I'm going to play you an example where you're not going to even believe that there was any kind of difficulty in speech. This is from his performance of The Barber Schneidebart in Richard Strauss's comedy Die Schweigsame Frau. Just as we heard the barber Figaro, so we're going to hear another barber. Here, in a scene from the very first act, the barber is trying to convince Sir Morosus, played by Kurt Böhme, that what he really needs is a quiet wife around the house. What Morosus does not know is that the barber is in league with Sir Morosus's nephew, Henry, whom he has disinherited. Schneidebart and Henry and Henry's betrothed Aminta have hatched a plot to get Henry back 
in Sir Morosus's good graces, and once again his heir. So there's an enormous amount of spoken and sung text in this scene, as you will hear, in this live performance from Munich in July 1971. The orchestra is conducted by Wolfgang Savalisch. said vis-a-vis Barry McDaniel's operatic roles about the place of Mozart in his repertoire. Papagino was an extremely important role for him. It was a role with which he most closely identified and which he really made his own, and his audiences loved him for it. He never overplayed the humor of this part, which is something that is too frequently done by interpreters of this role. For instance, he would play Papageno's suicide scene for pathos rather than for shtick, which then made his discovery of Papageno truly a thing of joy. Both in the interview that I read with Barry McDaniel and in my conversation with David Knudsen, I discovered that work in ceramics was a hobby that Barry McDaniel took on with great assiduousness and dedication. And many of his ceramic pieces would depict various stage sets in which Papageno was depicted. Sadly, I was not able to discover any extant recordings of his Papageno, which may very well exist, but which are not immediately accessible. But I do have a wonderful alternative to offer you. In 1980, Barry McDaniel participated in a studio recording of Mozart's opera La Finta Giardiniera, and he sings this very amusing aria, Con un vezzo all'italiana, 
McDaniel's character here is that of the servant Roberto, who is in disguise as Nardo, one of the fake gardeners of the title. In this aria, he describes the different national schools of lovemaking, the Italian, the French, and the English. Leopold Hager conducts the Mozarteum Orchestra of Salzburg. for you that I guarantee are going to send you into complete and utter delight. The first is an excerpt of a TV opera gala performance from Munich in 1970 of the big boy-on-boy duet from 
Pearl Fishers of BC. Au fond du temple saint. I wish I had time to play the whole thing for you. I don't. But please enjoy this beautiful performance by Alfredo Kraus and Barry McDaniel. on television and in films, primarily filmed opera. In 1972, he and another equally sublime American singer, Arlene Saunders, whom I have featured on the podcast a number of times, appeared together in a film version of Karl Müllerker's operetta Gasparone. In an episode way back... I don't know, a year and a half ago, I featured a different duet from this film with the same pair. This is the first duet that they share. 
It's not even worth going into the extremely complicated plot. Just enjoy the glorious singing of these two fabulous U.S. American artists. participated in 54 different premieres there. One of the most important was of Hans Werner Hentz's black comedy Der Junge Lord. Again, the plot's very complicated, but a rich English lord and his retinue pay a visit to a small provincial German town. The townspeople, and in particular the elders of the town trip all over themselves to ingratiate themselves to Sir Edgar. Sir Edgar never speaks a word in this opera. 
Instead, all of his edicts, desires, wishes, commands, etc., are issued through his secretary. The secretary in this 1967 recording, made two years after the world premiere, is Barry McDaniel. In the scene we are about to hear, the townspeople have been hearing shrieks coming from the home that Sir Edgar is occupying, and they bang on the door demanding an explanation for what is going on, and the secretary appears and explains that Sir Edgar's nephew, Lord Barrett, has just arrived from abroad and is shrieking his frustration in response to trying to learn the German language. And this brief scene ends with the secretary observing that German is a difficult language and sometimes beatings are necessary for one to gain mastery over it. At the end of the opera, Lord Barrett is revealed not to be a human at all, but an ape from a visiting circus who has been masquerading as this fictive nephew. Christoph von Dochnanyi conducts the orchestra and chorus of the Deutsche Oper Berlin. A few of the other singers that we hear are Manfred Röhrl as the mayor, Helmut Krebs as Professor von Mucker, Ivan Sardi as the chief law officer, and Ernst Krukowski as the town treasurer. Thank you. 
Now, since we have ventured into contemporary material, I want to play you a few more examples of Barry McDaniel singing in a range of 20th century repertoire. First is a song by Hermann Reuter, his professor in Stuttgart, who became his artistic advisor, his accompanist, his colleague, and his very close friend. This is a song called Corduana Stadtteil, and it is the third song in a cycle of texts of Federico Garcia Lorca, translated into German by Enrique Beck. The song cycle is called Spanischer Totentanz, a Spanish dance of death. In the house, one has to defend oneself against the stars. Night falls, Inside the house lies a dead girl who has a red rose hidden deep in her hair. Six nightingales weep at the barred windows. Sighing people pass by with wide open guitars. This recording is from 1975 and features the composer at the piano. Fenster, Gitter, Fenster. 
Barry McDaniel also participated in some extraordinary recordings of 20th century music by Luigi Dalla Piccola, Pierre Boulez, and Anton Webern. I had to pick just one thing. In fact, I had twice as much music chosen for this episode as I was finally able to use, because I knew that I was going to have to do quite a bit of explaining about who Barry McDaniel was and all of the extraordinary aspects of his career. So I had to really trim down the musical selections, much to my chagrin. Anyway, in 1962, Luigi Dalla Piccola wrote a small chamber song cycle called Preghiere, prayers. They are set to texts by the Brazilian poet Murilo Mendes, as translated into Italian. I'm going to offer you today the second of the three songs. Trasfigurato dal soffio della notte. The English Chamber Orchestra is conducted by Frederick Prausnitz in this 1967 recording. Transfigured by the breath of night, I discern the specters of men who wander in search of lost liberty. I should like to have a hundred million mouths to possess a hundred million arms, and to cry out for them all, and suddenly to hold back the monstrous wheel that grinds souls and bodies worthy of the rosy hue of morning, of the presence of love, of the music of the birds, of these simple flowers of this bread. Thank you. 
Toward the beginning of the episode, we heard Barry McDaniel and the German soprano Agnes Giebel in duet singing from Bach's Cantata 32. One of the most frequent of Barry McDaniel's Bach assumptions was the role of Jesus in the Matthew Passion, which he sang by his own estimation perhaps hundreds of times. In the extended interview with Barry McDaniel, to which I have been referring, he speaks at great length about interpreting the music of Bach in particular. I would like to read what he says about the way that he sang this part in particular. I have never been able to sing abstractly. What I sang, I was. This was true of my opera roles, of my leader, and strangely enough, for this part, too. I feel that Bach, and that is perhaps the greatest gift he has given to the singers of this part, makes it possible for us to be something that we in our daily lives are not. Through him, our voices and our souls become one with the text. When I sang these texts, I felt as if there was a bright light going out from me, reaching out to the people. I felt a tremendous quiet in me, as if I were being secretly led by something I didn't understand. Although this was so very strong and real, I've never been able to find the right words to describe this without sounding like, I thought I was Christ. No, actually, you don't sound that way my dear Mr. McDaniel. I have had that same performing experience once or twice in my life, and it is an extraordinary thing. And we're very lucky to have his 1977 recording of the role of Jesus in the Matthew Passion. This is the short passage in which Jesus comes back from his prayers at the Garden of Gethsemane and finds his disciples asleep, and he chides them and says, Could you not even remain awake with me for one hour? At the very beginning of this passage, we hear the Swiss tenor Ernst Hefliger as the evangelist. And he came to his jüngern and found them sleeping, and sprach to them. Könntet ihr denn nicht eine Stunde mit mir wachen? Wachet und betet, dass ihr nicht in Anfechtung fallet. Der Geist ist willig, aber das Leid ist schwach. ging er hin, betete und sprach, Mein Vater, ist nicht möglich, dass dieser Teil von mir gehe. Ich trinke ihn denn, so I've 
kind of beat around the bush about this already, but I think that Barry McDaniel's greatest artistic achievement was in his singing of art song, whether that was contemporary. Why can I not say the word contemporary? Whether that was contemporary, I mean, I just don't, I can't say it. Contemporary! Contemporary! Whether that was contemporary art song or the songs of the great German masters, Schubert, Brahms, Schumann, Wolf, etc. We've already heard Barry McDaniel perform Der Wanderer an den Mond. In 1972, he and Albert Reimann made a studio recording of Winterreise that was not released until 32 years later, when it was a bonus CD release accompanying an issue of Opernwelt magazine. I found a comment written on a posting of this very recording on YouTube in which someone wrote, why was this never more widely released? I'm not sure I agree with this, but the person writing it said, this is the greatest performance of Winterreise that I know of, and every young baritone, every young singer should know this recording. And I couldn't agree more. I wish I could play more from that recording of Winterreise because there are one or two songs that, in my opinion, fall flat. But for the most part, it is an exceptional reading of the cycle. What makes it extraordinary? It's exceptional in the same way that all of his leader singing is exceptional. It's very text-driven, but it's always text that is spun out on a gorgeous legato line. Also, in the song that we're going to hear, Teuschung, it's extremely cleanly articulated, but it's the extraordinary sense of connection with the text that is the strongest and most salient element in this interpretation. Once again, I quote from that extended interview. He says, Forgive me for being old-fashioned. I believe that music is best when it is done simply and straight from the heart. That is another problem the young singers have today. In this brutal and aggressive business world, which singing has become, showing feelings or sensitivity is often taken for weakness, true emotion for sentimentalism. Many are simply afraid to open themselves for fear of attack. Singing, however, requires this. One must have the courage to open one's heart. Of course, not all singers can do this, even if they try. This is the difference, and what makes a great singer. I propose to you that we today have been listening to one great singer. Here is Teuschung from Winterreise. A light dances cheerfully before me. I follow it gladly, knowing that it lures the wanderer. A man as wretched as I gladly yields to the beguiling gleam that reveals to him, beyond ice, night, and terror, a bright, warm house and a beloved soul within. Only by deceiving myself can I win. Oh, 
going to round off this episode with Barry McDaniel singing a variety of art songs in different languages. First is another German Lied, this by Johannes Brahms, set to a text by Friedrich Hebel. The song is called Vorüber, and in this 1969 radio recording, Barry McDaniel is accompanied by the pianist Robert Spillman. I lay myself beneath the linden tree in which the nightingale was singing. She sang me into the sweetest dream, which lasted a good long time. But now I have awakened, and she is gone, and I am covered with fallen leaves. Would that it were not only leaves, but earth that thus covered me. Oh, <laughs> 
We heard in that Pearl Fisher's duet that Barry McDaniel also had a very easy way with French repertoire. He included the songs of Ravel, Debussy, and Duparc in many of his concerts. I'm going to play you from a 1966 radio recording his interpretation of the second of Ravel's Chanson Madécasse. Herbert Reimann is the pianist, Karl-Heinz Zöller is the flautist, and Eberhard Finke is the cellist. The text to this poem, Awa, is by Evariste Perny. It is a warning to the inhabitants of the shores of Madagascar against the duplicitous designs of the invading white man and promise friendship and bring only death and slavery. Fiez-vous des blancs habitants du 
The role with which Barry McDaniel made his Met debut was Peleas, a role that he at first didn't imagine that he would be able to sing. I am trying to find a recording of that broadcast from his single Met season in 1972. I hope I can get my hands on it. Meanwhile, I'm going to play one more melodie for you, and that is the third of Debussy's sublime cycle, Le Promoir des Deux Amants. This is the song Je Tremble en Voyant en Visage. This is a setting of the French poet Tristan Lermite. Arbert Reimann is once again the pianist in this 1973 recording. I tremble when I see your face floating with my desires. I have so much fear that my sighs might cause it to be shipwrecked. Do you wish, by a sweet privilege, to place me above all other human beings? Then make me to drink from the hollow of your hands, so long as the water does not melt the snow of which they are made. Barry McDaniel's career took him around the world, and yet his home from 1962 until his death in 2018 was always Berlin. In the mid-60s, aided with money that he had inherited from his parents, he designed and had built an extraordinary house that he used to refer to, so David Knudsen told me, as the house that Pianissimo built. The house stood on an enormous lot, and in the back was a garden, which, again, Barry designed and planted and maintained himself, until finally, in his later years, he was no longer able to do so. In the first years of his career, he was married and fathered three children with his wife. But eventually, in the early 1970s, he came out of the closet and lived openly with two different partners, 
one of whom was with him and tended to him until the very end of his life. Shortly before his retirement from the stage, he devised and performed a number of concerts celebrating American music on the one hand and the pop stylings of Frank Sinatra on the other. Recordings of both of these concerts exist, and I'm hoping to be able to offer excerpts from those to my Patreon subscribers in an upcoming bonus episode. I have three concluding songs about the bigger things. The first is the John Jacob Niles song, The Gambler's Lament. This is the second of five songs that comprise a cycle called Five Gambling Songs in which a gambler about to go to the gallows sings about his fear of what is coming. Robert Spillman once again accompanies Barry McDaniel in this 1972 performance. When I was a young man before I was gray I played at many a card game and bet my wealth Here's another song I've played more than once on the podcast. That is Robert Schumann's Mondnacht, part of his Liederkreis cycle, set to texts by Josef von Eichendorf. The moon is such an important symbol in romantic poetry and music. In the Schubert Der Wanderer an den Mond that we heard at the beginning of the episode, he's an eternal wanderer. In this poem, the moon creates a scene of complete and utter repose. Once again, Ribert Reimann, who is a particular devotee of the music of Robert Schumann and who this past year celebrated his 85th birthday, once again accompanies Barry McDaniel in this 1973 recording. It was as if the sky had quietly kissed the earth so that she, glistening with blossoms, must only dream 
of him. The breeze wafted through the fields, the ears of corn waved gently, the forests rustled faintly. So clear was the night, and my soul stretched out its wings and flew through the still lands as if it were flying home. last 10 years of Barry McDaniel's life were plagued with ill health. He died at the age of 87 on the 18th of June 2018. He's still fondly remembered by many who experienced his artistry live and by even more of us who 
delight and marvel in the recorded legacy that he left us. I feel so passionate about this singer. He's someone that I want everyone to hear and to revel in and marvel in and delight in the way that I have these past few weeks as I've been preparing this episode. Many thanks to David Knudsen, who gave me a wonderful picture of this man. I hope I've been able to share a little bit of that with you today. Let's close with Bach, since he was such a sublime Bach singer. This is the final movement of the Ich habe genug cantata. Ich freue mich auf meinem Tod. In this 1967 recording, we hear the Bach Collegium Berlin, led by Karl Hochreiter. I delight in my death, if only it were already here, for then I will emerge from all of the suffering that still binds me to the world. the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Gundlach.